Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Knowing Wheel. As always, I'm joined by Jamie183. How, how on earth are we doing, mate, this week? I'm good. Yeah, I think we're both feeling a bit today, so we'll have to see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a vibe this week, as I mentioned in a video I uploaded yesterday. I, I might fall asleep during this podcast, and it won't just because of Jamie's storytelling this week. <laughs> um, wow. But yeah, no, we're, we're back once more, though, as always, for more Knowing Wheel. Another weird week where there's actually been quite a lot of stuff going on, isn't it, Jamie? Yeah, obviously we've had car reveals that we've been uploading during the week, so if you missed any of those, yep. go and check them out. Yeah, and I like the plug, Jamie. Fair play. Already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lot, lots of news to get into this week as well, of course. If you haven't already, and you're after some F1 2022 much, as always, there will be links down in the comments below, as well, of course, to the Spotify playlist if you're watching this on YouTube. Go check us out on Spotify. Give us a follow. It really, really does help the podcast out and as well of course all the links to manscaped will be down in the description as well we've still got our ongoing promo with them at the moment so check out all the links if you're interested but yeah five or six sort of main talking points to go through this week timestamps will be down below as well and yeah jamie kick us off then with number one the announcement that dropped genuinely <laughs> two minutes after we finished recording last yeah. week we stopped recording last monday and there's a new tweet from the FIA that uh, they've announced which sprint races are going to be and how many there are. And also a new point system for half races like we saw in Belgium last year. So, yeah, sprints. Oh, this is going to be a memory test. It's Imola, Austria and uh, Brazil. Am yes, I've got yes. the article up. Yep. Right, I haven't got the article up. So that's <laughs> fun times. It's almost um, like one of us prepares for this. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, yeah, those are the three sprint races. I'm not too, obviously... Brazil was, was really good last year, so no surprise there. I'm a bit confused by Imola inclusion. Um, because well, I'm, I'm hopefully going to Imola, so yeah. that's why they've done it. Yeah, yeah. You can get some live reporting on the podcast in April. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit confused since it's pretty much single file unless it rains. So I'm not sure what difference a sprint race will make. Austria should be okay, and obviously Verstappen will win it because he does that every year at Austria, even twice a year sometimes. Um so Apart yeah, from 2020, but he didn't win either. Well, Mercedes OP when it didn't count. Yes. Yeah, I I think obviously we've spoken quite a bit about sprints before. Um, we thought they were going to be between six or zero, and they've ended up in the middle with three. So, yeah, what are you, what are your thoughts on the sprints coming back, Matt? Uh, like I said, I think sprints have been given a bit too much hate when you sort of again. I think the big thing for me is if it enables tracks like Malaysia to come back, or say for example the Hockenheim Ring. I'm all for them at a few venues a year. I don't think it should take over every race weekend because I think, honestly, that'd be too much F1 uh, yeah. for us to try and follow. I mean, they're already pushing the calendar out more and more each year. But I think, yeah, Imola will, will be interesting to see how we get on there. Austria and Brazil, though, I've got high hopes for. You know, Brazil after last year was a very, very decent sprint race. Austria as well, I think, can work quite well. And I think, to be honest, Imola, if the DRS is powerful enough on the run back down towards Turn 1... We could be in for a good one there, but it's the one I'm not holding my breath for out of the three. And yeah, of course, we need to consider the cars have been designed to be able to overtake easier this year. So if that's worked, then we might be in for some absolute banging sprint races, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, and then the other thing they announced in that, uh, <laughs> they timed the tweet for when we finished recording last week, um, was the new sprint the half races sorry um basically they've just changed the points allocation oh yes thing and sprint points sprint points that's just reminded me as yes. well the sprint points now go first to eighth 
Yep. And you'll have to go through them because I can't remember. So it's pretty simple. You get eight points if you win a sprint, and then it goes seven, six, five, four, oh. three, two, one, zero. That's quite Obviously, simple. Obviously, if you're below nine. It <laughs> yeah, is very so simple. That should be good because I think one thing we saw negatively towards the sprints last year was if you were outside the top three, there was no point risking anything, really. Because yeah. you were getting no points regardless. You could overtake as many cars as you want. If you weren't in top three, you got no points. So just stay where you are, take your grid position, and that's it. But now they're offering points. I think it will entice some drivers to take more risks, which should be good. Should be a good thing. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. Um, as well, of course, we've finally got confirmation that pole position will be awarded for the fastest one yes. lap <laughs> in a qualifying style session. It was just a disaster last year where you could win like hyper pole, but not pole sprint and all King this, that and the other. Sprint, yeah, sprint merchant and then pole what was position. It? it was like, no, it was Speed King for fastest on Friday, wasn't it? Oh, it was just ridiculous, <laughs> wasn't it? Just absolute gimmicks, but that's the gone. The Crypto.com Speed King <laughs> of the Week award. Who got the most? Was it? Hamilton it got was Bottas. No, in terms of Bottas Friday polls. Bottas got the other two, didn't he? Did he? No, Bottas got... No, Hamilton got one, Bottas got one, and Verstappen got one. Yeah. And then Bottas won two qualifying sessions and Verstappen yeah. won the other one. Yeah. So Valtteri Bottas is forever... Oh, no, he's not, because it's sprint points this year. I was going to say he's forever it the was, most successful qualified driver. But exactly. that's not true. Exactly. Yeah, but, that, yeah. that won't last at well. all. Alfa Romeo OP you never know so yes. yeah the other thing that was announced with that very arbitrary just half points are gone which is a bit of a shame because I quite like half points just for the nostalgic factor um, but yeah now half races or races that finished before 75% they've basically redistributed the points um, yeah I mean it, it goes down, needed doing it doesn't go down to 10th anymore does it if it's really short am I right in that or not uh, yes 10th place if it goes so it's all a bit complicated so if there's more than two laps completed, not behind the safety car, which Ooh, is an important I thing to add. I didn't that, because that means... Yeah, no points will be awarded unless a minimum of two laps have been completed by the leader without a safety car or virtual safety car. So if the leader has completed more than two laps, but less than 25% of a scheduled race distance, it'll go six points for the win, then four, three, two, one for second down to fifth. If it's between 25 and 50, it'll go 13 points for the winner, 10, 8, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, down to ninth place. And then if it's between 50 but less than 75%, it'll be 19 points for the winner, <laughs> 14 for second, 12, 9, 8, 6, 5, 3, 2, 1. That last one is odd, I'll be honest. That does sound um, such an overcomplication, in my opinion. Yes, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's odd, fair. isn't it? It won't make a difference, to be fair, because like... Hopefully not. What, in the last 13 years, we've seen two half-point races? So, it's very is unlikely... Is it only been the two, to... is it? Yeah, Malaysia and... Malaysia we've seen a few and... shortened, but they've all been over 75. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, there's only been two half-points races, Malaysia 09 and this year in Belgium. So... Yes. It won't become much of an issue much of the time, so... Hopefully not. Hopefully yeah. not. I mean, it's a system, let's be fair, that we can both accept desperately needed updating, didn't it? Yeah. But I don't think there was ever going to be a particularly clean and tidy way you'd be able to no, do it not really. that would just work permanently. Yeah. And then the uh, the second bullet point of our news this week, uh, F1 Media, which 
uh, is like the company behind all the media you would expect, obviously. Um, Funnily enough, with a yeah. name like that. They announced the uh, viewing figures for last season, uh, the whole year, which was pretty encouraging for a sport. It was the fastest growing social media sport again, um, which is yep. very exciting. Good for people who have shares in F1. Uh, yeah, or a single share, or just under one, a single yeah. share, because I cocked up my order. Oh no! So I own 0.99% of a share. <laughs> that's, a, that's very sad. But yeah, the basically all the audiences were good. Um, but interestingly, overall the viewing figures dropped which they didn't actually mention very clearly um because well mostly because brazil and germany which are both really big audiences for f1 both went behind paywalls in 2021 so yeah there that was a little bit of a drop on overall viewing figures just because you've got millions of people there who will no longer pay to watch f1 if they don't want to yes. pay for f1 um, and especially in yeah. brazil oh yeah you know for a lot of people money doesn't come easy no. either which is very very important yeah um but race attendances obviously was basically back to normal for a lot of the tracks. Um, eight thousand yeah. percent on 2020 oh, yeah. well 2022 <laughs> had about 300 fans across the whole season 2020 exactly yeah so massive boost on that obviously i was at a race so that's more than most races had in 2020 <laughs> Just on yep. my own. <laughs> Jamie there contributed to 30% of F1's gains last year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, pretty good for F1. I mean, it's all very statistical based, isn't it? We don't really need to worry about that as fans very much. Um, yeah. Yeah. No I mean, I'm, media or... Obviously, I'm quite interested generally at sort of the numbers behind the sport and just sort of looking for you. I mean, 109 million viewers watched a daylight robbery in Abu Dhabi, which is quite <laughs> impressive. Uh, twenty nine, obviously twenty nine percent up on the same race in twenty twenty, but I'm sure Abu Dhabi twenty twenty wasn't the most viewed race, of course, because it had already been settled. Yeah. Um, the sprint races did really well, eighty four and a half million, eighty million at Silvo, and then eighty two million at Interlagos yeah. is kind of insane. Which kind of um, shows why they want to keep them, even if the Twitter doesn't like it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hardcore fans aren't a fan, but for a lot of people, it's worth a watch, isn't it? Yeah. And it's definitely worth the money that they're getting out yeah. of it. So. And of course, I think, yeah, the biggest metrics I'm taking away from this is an 81% increase in the Netherlands. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing what you can do when you've no got six people there. living in your country. <laughs> yeah. And a driver doing uh, very well, of course. And a driver doing very well. 58% as well, US increase. And then, That's of course, crazy. China becoming a huge audience of Formula 1 already. That would so just more, all leave more. again when Guan Yu Zhou doesn't do anything. <laughs> when Guan Yu Zhou wins the world championship, no. Oh dear. When, he, when he gets like twenty points, and we're all loving it. We're all loving it, are we? When <laughs> Bottas scores three hundred. <laughs> I will not stand for the slander. Leave no, it until no, Bahrain, exactly. And I think Guan Yu Zhou certainly, you know, he could be massive for Formula One, and I do expect we're going to see a lot of media attention on him solely yeah. for the potential fans he can bring. Again, I always draw to the example of um, oh, what's the NBA player back in the early 2000s that I, I can picture his face, but I suddenly no can't idea. remember his name, and it's really bothering me. Um, oh, that's going to really annoy me, Jamie. Talk about numbers I'll for a second whilst show. I remember he, this. He got a new sponsor from Hublo. I don't know if you saw it. The watch I company. did not. So he's now looking swish for the new watch and a new Alfa Romeo. So... Yeah, ready to take F1 by storm in 2020. Yao Ming! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yao Ming, okay, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, no, of course, he managed to 
make China the biggest viewers of the NBA more than America just That's by his mad. impact <laughs> in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we'll see if Guan Yu Zhou can do the same thing here. It wouldn't surprise me at all, just because the sheer volume of people that are in China. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of trying to tap into different audiences, Jamie, our third major piece of news of the week then, Andretti, looking at mm. a Formula One car deal, like, perhaps, quite seriously maybe. as well, not even just fake Yes. They've basically got yeah. everything they need to start a Formula One team in 2024. So that would be very interesting. Obviously, we've been screaming out for a new F1 team for a very long time. Yeah. Because there's so many good juniors that just don't get a shot. Even if it's a backmarker team, like just get them into F1 so they're in the limelight and they can prove their worth against each other. Yeah. Hope, I, I mean, I really am for it completely. Um, they're still, obviously, it's not confirmed they're entering, but it's confirmed that they're waiting for FIA approval. And the talk is that they've got basically everything they need for yes. an F1 team in 2024 um, Andretti probably motorsport or Andretti team or something Andretti uh, global yeah so Michael Andretti would be the guy running it um, obviously Mario yep. won the championship yep yep that's my history coming in the in 1970s the last American Formula 1 world champion yep um, and Michael can you name the other driver. Phil Hill I well done there we good, go good I'm proud <laughs> yeah, Michael Andretti's F1 career, we, we don't talk about so much. That was a pretty, pretty poor time with McLaren, yeah. it must be said. Back in 95? I have no idea. I want to say. Where he, got, he got one podium before he was kicked out the door after that very same race. But, yeah, I mean, Andretti coming to Formula 1 is really, really important. You know, I, I, Jamie won't sort of... I'm not trying to have a go at him or anything, but obviously they you do don't really sort of follow right? American sport. Andretti do IndyCar, yeah, obviously... Really, we kind of needed one of the big three American teams to come into Formula 1, which was either Andretti, Penske, or... I forgot the other one, and that's now going to really annoy me. <laughs> well, I, I cannot remember names today. Uh, Penske, Andretti, or... Oh, no. It's all gone wrong for uh, me. Keep talking about keep talking Andretti. Andretti yeah. I'm going to remember I this, mean, just like I Yao would Ming. assume, this, this might be like stereotypical, but I'd imagine they would try and get an American driver in. Uh, yes, whether yeah. it be Logan Sargent or anyone like that, really, some one of the big ones from IndyCar, maybe Pato Award, even though he's Mexican. Um, yeah, I would like to see them link up with a mainstream team. Obviously, they need to find an engine from somewhere. Um, and that's what I was going to add next, and it's yeah. Hendrick. I was thinking of Hendrick. Fair, maybe Renault. Um, obviously, Renault is the team. Apparently, they've mm. got an agreement with Frenchens, which they're only powering we... one at the minute. Exactly, they're only powering themselves. There's a rule in F1 as well that states if no other team will give them an engine deal, Renault have to. Yeah. And we have banged on <laughs> so many times in episodes of this podcast before now that desperately Renault need a junior team. I've already got this all mapped out, Jamie, with the way Andretti is going to work. So 2024, 2024, we're going to see... Guan, obviously, Teo Porcher is going to take Guan Yu Zhou's seat in Alfa Romeo next year after a dismal campaign. <laughs> Guan Yu Zhou is going to go to Andretti for 2024, you know, give him a lot of yan and everything like that, because of course by this point Oscar Piastri will be with Renault or Alpine as such and then of course they can field an American driver alongside him, probably Colton Herter. Yeah, that's a good shot. I still back uh, Logan Sargent as the most promising American driver at the minute, but he may be in Williams. When he's in a Prima. Yeah, also very true, could be at Williams. You know, trade out a Canadian with with an American. It does sound 
pretty decent for this new F1 team. So that'd be really cool. Um, yeah, I think there's other important things that we have to add with that before you try and cut away to our next piece of news. Okay. Of course, I think a lot of other teams, both America and Europe, will be really, really looking at Andretti at the moment. Because, of course, I don't want us to see a repeat of 2010. And I'm sure oh, you yeah. don't either. Where, obviously, we had Virgin, Caterham and HRT. They were all sort of promised a lot of things to get them into sport. And then were just completely left to basically rot yeah. as teams. Yeah, none of them really amounted to very much, with the exception no. of Mano probably got the furthest out of any of them in terms of time and in terms of progress towards the yes. rest of the field, but they never really got that far. No. So, yeah, and obviously cost caps encourage new teams. Exactly, <laughs> and, and it yeah, needs to be enforced It does properly. need to be very well enforced to them for them to actually survive and be decent. But I think if we see a situation with Haas when they came into the sport and basically stole all of Ferrari's parts... And yep. they were immediately midfield, and obviously other teams kicked off, but then that was a really good foundation for them because they actually got respectable drivers. They Well, I guess Virgin and Caterham did as well, but they got respectable drivers, respectable engineers as well, and like they were had a good foundation from their very first year. So hopefully, yes. I think yeah. teams wouldn't kick off that bad if they gave some parts from other teams. But obviously, it's yeah, and it would be would. interesting to see sort of Liberty's tact as well to it, wouldn't it? It'd be yeah. how how would they try and yeah, enforce it? Because listed of course, parts are getting more and more decreased year on year. So yep. we'd have to wait and see. There's got to <laughs> be a bit more support for other teams, of course. Because there were rumours as well this week that, you know, maybe we apparently the FIA weren't really wanting any more teams in. Because apparently, now this is completely rumours, <laughs> but apparently Audi have already spoke to the FIA and they want to try and put two teams forward for 2026. Wow. I've not heard that at all. So... That's... Again, obviously, it's only rumours. Yeah. <laughs> but you think if they don't end up trying to sort of buy into McLaren, you know, whether we'll see the Porsche deal with Red Bull work out, could we see Audi back in it's Formula 1 as a, as a manufacturer? Such an ongoing rumour, I swear. Like, since I started getting into Twitter on F1 about, what, seven years ago now, probably, it's always been a rumour that Audi or VW are coming back to F1. Yes. So yeah. we'll have to wait and see if it ever actually materialises. But I think cool. we it'd desperately really need more German interest, don't we? Great for the sport, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, that could be somewhere where Seb would go to literally see out his retirement yeah. in Formula 1. There needs to be... a year at Audi. Like, I think, other than Mick Schumacher, of course, there's not that many young, promising, like, really promising Germans at the minute. No. Which, considering no. the success of, well, the, the, like, the start of this century with Schumacher and Vettel and Rosberg to an extent as well. Germany but then again, new... prior to that, Germany didn't... Yeah. Ha- I mean, it had a few very good They're drivers. They're the only champions, I mean, you... though, aren't they? Exactly. So... I mean, you had the likes of... Stefan Beloff should have been a world champion. I'm... Von Trips was, German, was very decent he? back in the 60s. Von Trips <laughs> was as well. I'm pretty certain Stefan Beloff... Yeah, he was German before I said that. Uh, Jochen Mass was decent in Rush. Uh, Jochen Mass. He was decent <laughs> in Rush. <laughs> yep. Oh, dearie me. But, but yeah. yeah, I think we desperately need more German interest in the sport, yeah. don't we? Yeah. Whether whether that'll happen. And a race back, hopefully, for the uh, sake of the people there. Yes, yeah, that's the other big thing. Because, I mean, obviously we've got Mercedes as well, which obviously do a lot for Formula 1 and German interest in the sport. But It's much it easier to back a driver like than it's it still is declining. Yes, exactly, exactly. And, of course, Mercedes, where a lot of their operations is done in the UK anyway, yeah. and doesn't really, for a lot of people, well. feel like... Exactly, yeah, that as well. They've gone from all German to all British yeah. over the last decade. 
Going back to the US though, Jamie, Kota, here to stay. Contract yeah. extended another five years. Yeah, it's a busy time for the contract signers at F1 at the minute with uh, what Bahrain last week, USA this week. Yep. It's a, Singapore a couple yeah, of weeks Singapore ago as too. well. So it's a good time, I think, for, well, obviously the circuits are making bank for having races, so they all want to extend contracts. Uh, USA, we saw highest ever attendance last year, so it makes a lot of sense. It's a very good track quite like really well established now on the calendar yep. yeah been on the calendar now for a decade yeah. this year it basically that doesn't seem basically right. makes perfect sense to keep yeah it going. yeah exactly i don't think there's any complaints about the move no. is there not at all um very very important though again obviously we've sort you know singapore's now got a contract till 2028 bahrain's now got a contract till 2036 coat yeah. has got a contract now till 2026 we're seeing a lot more long-term contracts being signed, but what tracks do we think might get squeezed out because of it? That's the issue, yeah. isn't it? Because, of course, Qatar's coming back next year. I think uh, it's, it's annoying because I want Spain to go away, but they've got two, well, one driver here to stay and one driver that they all love right now in Fernando Alonso, and obviously Sainz will be on the grid for a long time. And Spain love yeah. their drivers, so it makes sense to have a race there, but Catalonia is just so uninspiring. Exactly, <laughs> and I love when people say about going back to Jerez. That's even worse. Like, That's more of a testing track. It wouldn't work. No. Exactly, it would be impossible. Yeah, I think obviously Russia is moving to what's the name of the other place? Uh, uh somewhere drive, isn't it? Iwomi? No, I've made that right up. You completely <laughs> made that up. I yeah. And they're uh, moving sorry. anyway from Sochi to somewhere else. So exactly. That's, That's for twenty twenty three. Is it Agora? Agora. That's the one. I knew it's yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then what? I could see Mexico dropping off, although the audience there is huge, isn't it? I don't. I think if Checo goes, then they might struggle yeah. a bit. But then again, obviously you've got someone like Pato Award. If he could get into Formula One, yeah, you know he could be huge for Mexican fans as well. Other than that, I don't think France be very long term, despite having a couple of drivers. Yeah, France has always had a weird relationship yeah. with Formula One, but I think we've got to appreciate the more history of the car yeah. as well. With and Grand Prix racing France. started there. Exactly, so. exactly. We just need F1 at Le Mans Bugatti circuit. <laughs> yes, I know what that means. Uh, I probably have to, actually. <laughs> Surprisingly. Yeah, the next little bit of news, talking of France, uh, Alpine have got a new team principal, and it's the worst yes. kept secret in Formula 1, probably, over the last few months. Uh, well, maybe apart from the next bit of news after this, but uh, Otmar Safanauer, who left Aston Martin a couple of months ago, has very unsurprisingly gone to Alpine as team principal. So, yeah, the news is finally out. We kind of knew it was happening. It makes a lot of sense, I think, for both parties. Um, yes. Although we've kind of seen, like before, with like team principals who at lower teams perform really well, or lower budget teams, I should say, go to Renault slash Alpine with a big budget a big corporation and then suddenly can't can't do as well we saw it with um, Fred Vasseur went there for a bit uh, yeah obviously Cyril went from catering up to Renault and basically messed about but got some credit because he's French and then Otmar's there now so hopefully he does better than uh, the previous guy although the previous guy was alright wasn't he Mark Budkowski yes yeah he was a lad it was a bit of a weird sacking as well to be fair I don't think it was ever meant to be a long-term, long-term yeah. deal, was it, unfortunately? But I think, yeah, he did. Bukowski, 
did quite well with it. But yeah, Otmire there will certainly be interesting. I mean, we've heard so many wild and different speculations from Alpine this week. We will be back very, very soon, actually, uh, with our review of the new Alpine F1 car. It's actually going to reveal in 10, 10 minutes. minutes. Of the time might have been squeezed into the end of this. Uh, but they're probably going to do a 40 oh, minute yeah, presentation <laughs> about the French history or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think this could make or break Otmar's career, I worry. Yeah. He's done very, very well with um, Racing Point and obviously Aston Martin for so many years. Yeah. If, if he... he goes to a team like Renault or Alpine and they give him a useless engine, which apparently is what That's, the rumours yeah, are, rumors are saying. It's very underpowered and very unreliable. So. And Alonso will eat him alive. Yeah. It's just Alonso's luck, really, to uh, finally have a decent season with an okay car, and then suddenly their engine is back to being at Honda level from his McLaren days. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. all vibes. But, I mean, at least he can he can probably negotiate with Otmar to be on, like, 90 million a year, no, for now. Yeah, probably. It's what worries me. But, yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see how how Otmar gets on down down at Alpine this year. I'm, I'm intrigued by the move yeah. and of course he's probably brought BWT sponsorship with him so we're going to have blue and red and pink I don't think red will be on there Hope. I mean I've got a high hopes for this car which considering this is going out after it's been released might come back to bite me but I think it will look really good considering I looking think nine will. minutes into the future Alpine know how to make a good looking car yeah. but on to our probably the biggest news of the week um, which I think was happened on Wednesday last week uh, Thursday Thursday last week fair enough news that was music to many people's ears uh yeah michael massey is gone Let's start the uh... thank you very much <laughs> lewis hamilton is cheering right now but yes he is no longer being race director and very much as expected uh he's been replaced by a couple of people i can't remember their names right now uh maybe you've got them up. yeah <clears throat> uh, i haven't actually because you never linked me the I article did. it's in it's right there oh yes you did i i closed the article oh, no but yes, he's oh, not been sacked. He's been reappointed as safety he's officer or something like that. Been promoted into a lower position. I yeah. Use. <laughs> yeah. So he was around for a couple of years, did pretty average, and then messed up at the end. Gave Max Verstappen a world championship, which we'll thank him for. And he's now gone. So yeah. So the two <laughs> that have taken over from him, Jamie, I can add. I actually do know who they are. I can't pronounce their names very well. Niels Wittich and Eduardo Fritas. Uh, they've both worked in WEC and DTM. Yes. Which, I when right I read WEC... One of those had a horrendous end quite similar to yes. our championship last year. <laughs> yes, it did. I looked at World Endurance and I thought, great, they normally do pretty well. Then I looked at DTM and thought, oh, shite. <laughs> because DTM last year ended in almost as much controversy as the Formula 1. Yeah. So, of course, to go along then with our interesting new uh, race directors, apparently Formula 1 is also getting VAR. Oh, yeah, I saw that. That's very strange. Not sure how that's going to work. Because surely they kind of already do have VAR, since the whole point of VAR, in football anyway, is that the referees or the stewards can look at replays, which is F1's been doing for years. So, Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what... <laughs> they mean by the fact that f1's getting var because it's not like not like a steward is running around the track making decisions as they happen no no and this is this is the problem isn't it like especially when like i think was it red bull last year but oh sorry we don't have footage for that yeah and all this that and the other you know like this surely is gonna how hard can it be 
Well, this is uh, stewarding a Formula One race is probably. I would rather eat my own hair than steward a Formula One race. Yeah. To be honest, like the I scrutiny. cannot think of many jobs worse in the Formula One space. Yeah, certainly not in F1. There's few things I'd want to do less. To be fair, <laughs> so it's a very hard job. And like, what? Why are you making it more complicated? It's already difficult enough. What's the point of bringing new terms in about VAR? Like, surely that's all it is anyway. Yeah, it all seems like they've kind of just tried to go look at this solution we've found, yeah. and then people have look, either gone, it's not going to work, or it's what we already do. Yeah, but we'll have to wait and see if it makes a difference. Hopefully, there'll be less need for contentious decisions next year. Yeah. Don't give Verstappen a car. That would help. <laughs> I am joking. So, you're I'm such joking. a hater. <laughs> I, I am joking, but a lot of incidents seem to involve him. You can't argue against that still. Well, that's because he was always battling against his title rivals. Of course, of course it's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, and Senna right. got into a lot of crashes. Yeah, but Senna held him with a sense of confidence. Yeah, Verstappen had confidence. Maybe... Maybe falsely sometimes. <laughs> he was always confident. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is this is gonna fall apart unless we end this one off soon, Jamie. Yeah, it definitely will. Anything else to add though? Like we said, it's been a weird F one news week, hasn't it? Yeah, a lot of random stuff uh has happened. And it's all sort of happened quite quickly. There were a few days last week between car reveals and F one news where Twitter was just going off basically. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. We've got testing this week, I don't know if we said that. We haven't mentioned um, that yet. We won't know anything about it, but yeah. there is apparently testing going on this Behind week. Behind closed doors, and only certain journalists are there at Barcelona. Yeah, but so yeah. we we haven't been invited this time round. Uh, we have not. both, so we're gonna be we're gonna be changing the podcast uh, from next week on. We're gonna be, I don't know, discussing football league two. Oh, conference. So Barnet are we're sorted. Oh, I don't want to cover that then. <laughs> um, but anything else to add, Jamie, before we round it out this week? I think we've 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 smashed through everything we needed to, I yeah. think, haven't we? Pretty good. Uh, Alpine's coming out in two minutes, so we'll be back very shortly with yep. the Alpine reaction, although it won't be until Wednesday, I don't think. Wednesday or Thursday, that we've video's going to live. Very yeah. busy lives at the minute. We have. I mean, I'm off work on holiday this week, but Jamie apparently's got plans, so yeah. apparently I just have to sit around and wait for him all week. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you all so much for watching this video, nonetheless. If you have enjoyed, do make sure you leave a like and get yourself subscribed. And yeah, we'll be back. Uh, yeah, like I said, later on this week with the Alpine launch, and then we'll also have the Alfa Romeo on launch Friday, as Saturday. such. Uh, yeah, it's going out on the 27th, so Sunday, I think. Okay. And then we'll be back, obviously, Monday slash Tuesday to discuss that and anything else that's happened in the world of Formula 1. Plenty of exciting things ahead of us. But, yeah, we'll be back very, very soon. With and more happy Formula birthday, one. Matt, for today. Oh, thank you very much, mate. Squeeze thank it you in. all. You did squeeze it in. Thank <laughs> you all so much. And we'll be back very, very soon.